0: And, of course, joining me every Thursday is Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Let's take a look at this article, this news headline. Pre-cut melons sold under Whole Foods, Kroger, and other labels in nine U.S. states have been recalled. Ninety-three people have been down with salmonella poisoning. This is uh, pretty interesting because, you know, here in Malaysia, we love our cut fruit. Is salmonella poisoning a threat in this country?
1: I mean, it's, uh, it's actually endemic. If you look at salmonella, there are different type of salmonella species in the country. The one we always worry about and talk about is the salmonella typhi <laughs> that causes uh, you know, the typhoid fever. And uh, there's other one is the paratyphi, the paratyroid fever. Now, the, the typhoid, can be serious you know if if it's not diagnosed early a lot of people get diarrhea vomiting fevers and they can carry on but if not treated the second or third week they actually go into serious intestinal complication perforation of the bowels even the liver failure so uh, but this is a serious case most of us Malaysians actually the common salmonella we probably uh, because so endemic we probably have some sort of resistance so you find that mm-hmm. you know we might get a mild diarrhea and all then we overcome it uh, but we do get uh, episodes of you know this typhoid fever always this is a fecal oral route that means through water or food contaminated ministry takes it very seriously the moment we diagnose any typhoid there's a whole series of they follow from where that person could get the infection mm-hmm. and if it's, if it's like a restaurant or something then they're really in trouble so we do get on and off but I think most of us in Malaysia been used to the salmonella yeah. being endemic we probably just get away with it They're on and off some serious infections so we still have to be careful you know eating food outside uh, food that is uh, not hygienic or contaminated can be a danger, water.
0: Right, okay. So is there a real difference between salmonella and general food poisoning?
1: Uh, different because food poisoning can be caused by many things. Most of the time, we just get it from a simple rotavirus, viruses that are self There, especially kids. But there are many causes of food poisoning, different, different bacteria, different viruses, parasites. So whenever someone comes with what we call an acute gastroenteritis food poisoning, we mm-hmm. still have to check and see whether it's something simple or something more serious.
0: All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at this latest medical breakthrough the researchers have a 3d printed heart from a human patient's cells uh, it's exciting stuff in medical science uh, this right after leona lewis on light with me is dr Rajbans. of course uh, researchers have a 3d printed heart using a patient's cells providing hope that the technique could be used to heal hearts or engineer new ones for transplants. Uh, this is exciting stuff indeed. Uh, Dr. Rajbans, how effective will this be, especially I mean, in the Malaysian context?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting and I think technology today moves very fast so if something can be done in America or, you know, Western or in Japan, actually we can duplicate very fast here because technology does move very fast. But it's very exciting taking someone's own cells and then trying to grow a heart out of it. You know, that will really take away. Now, the biggest problem with transplants is that, you know, you have to get a matching donor. Mm-hmm. and you know the waiting list can be very long and a lot of time patients can pass on before they even get that donation of that that heart or liver or kidney so if they can do this and especially getting your you know uh, taking your own cell and growing your heart in the future they say technology might be you know when it's available Everyone might be about 10 years away, which is not right. very long. Which no. is not very long. Mm-hmm. So I think exciting, you know, we'll be like, uh, you know, how we can change parts of cars soon. We'll be changing parts of our own body with <laughs> our own cells, you know. So I think it's very exciting, very promising.
0: Yeah, it's like a Hollywood film. Yeah, that's life. right.
1: That's right. It's coming. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, coming um, next, uh, halitosis. When is this an indication of a bigger health issue? We'll find out more with Dr. Rajbans next here on Light. It's a light breakfast with Shaz and with me is Dr. Rajabans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society and HealthWise. We're taking a look at some of these interesting articles that have come out. This one from businessinsider.my. Apparently, there are 10 surprising things that can give you bad breath. These include a high protein diet, peanut butter, also diabetes, um, the keto diet and dry mouth. But um, of course, you can get this list anywhere. But when is halitosis an indication of a bigger health issue yeah Dr. Rajbans
1: yeah I mean when someone comes to you with halitosis, you always look at whether it's a local cause or a systemic cause you know what's the issue local cause meaning um, yeah, yeah, bad uh, dental oral yeah, health yeah? bad dental or maybe a tongue like you know they say things like sinusitis local you know infections of the tonsils and all these things so you look at the local part you know the oral the ENT that these are the areas and then you look at something more outside that you know like uh, GERD you know the gastroesophageal reflux another cause of uh, bad breath people think it's really something local but it's actually a reflux that's causing mm-hmm. that and then of course there are things like uh, the way you eat diet you know keto diet taking too much of alcohol smokers all this can cause bad breath then you worry about systemic disease things like uh, diabetic ketoacidosis. you know this, which is a very serious illness and uh, sometimes certain infection can give you certain sort of uh, uh, breath that can uh, you know be a bit like halitosis so you can have to check and see you know when someone comes in you see something local so if you find if the patient is very well he's very you know looking all okay then look for local cause you know i right. said go and see uh, maybe a dentist or someone <laughs> or an ENT specialist see whether there's any local cause right. if not uh, if they if they come with things like you know a bit of heartburn coughing very often they can't diagnose why they're getting coughed and you think of things like gastroesophageal reflux which is your mm-hmm. gut and of course always never miss out things like diabetes that has been undiagnosed right. and we have got patients who are undiagnosed diabetes who come with sugars of 30 40 and they didn't even know their wow. diabetes you know so that's a uh, other danger so it's things <laughs> like that of course if it's a diet then they either they change their diet mm-hmm. or they you know just have to live with it
0: right so besides maintaining good oral hygiene what else can you do to ensure a nice smelling mouth
1: <laughs> yeah i suppose it's again you know, like you know they say taking a lot of uh, healthy sort of diet a lot of fruits vegetables mm-hmm. so probably more alkaline sort of maybe gives you a better sort of uh, breath a wow. kind of people i know they chew on mint and all those things which are more natural that helps but again i think it's respect to basic uh, good okay. oral health and looking out for other things that cause uh, bad breath
0: all right well when we come back we'll take a look at your pets and uh, why. For your health and for your cat's health, it's best to keep the cat indoors. That's up next here on Light. With me on HealthWise is Dr. Raj Bunz, and we're taking a look at this article which says uh, cats who are allowed outdoors are in fact three times as likely to become infected with pathogens or parasites than those confined to quarters. And they say that for your health as well, it's best to keep your pets, especially your cats, indoors. Uh, I guess, what can we contract from our pets, especially if they are, you know, outdoor cats. Doctor Rajbans
1: I mean things like, uh, you know, or worms. You know, it gets all, gets can pick up worms that you can transmit to you, like really? round, yeah, like round worms, or parasites like toxoplasmosis. You know, which is the other thing they look at, and uh, I suppose anything that, uh, uh, you know, they pick up from outside. But interesting, the same article says that the further away from equator, the more the chance of getting infection <laughs> So maybe the ones in Malaysia we have actually all right on the equator, yeah. So maybe our risk. For cats is a bit lower, <laughs> and uh, hopefully that's the truth. But I still feel that any pets, uh, if they're allowed to, you know, go out, whether it's a cat or a dog or whatever, then they are tendency to pick up from you know stray, other mm-hmm. stray animals around that can pass it, you know infections to this any uh, your, your pets and then this can come and infect you so have to be careful uh, the common thing we, we see about pets is allergies that means yes. a lot of people do get allergies from their pets but we have seen that people are picking up worms or picking up other infections you know uh, from their cats you know so I think just have to be careful if you're having a uh, cat as a pet it's good to keep them indoors I mean most people People keep the dogs indoors mm. because normally they don't let them go out. But cats also, I think, because they tend to see to run away. Cats are a bit more smart. <laughs> so it depends on where they go. So just have to be a bit more aware.
0: All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at this um, sad story. A high school principal dies after making a bone marrow donation to save a stranger. We'll find out what could have been the causes of that and how risky is donating bone marrow. That's up next here on Light. On HealthWise, with me is Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Here's some sad news. A high school principal died last week after going to the hospital to donate bone marrow to save the life of a 14-year-old in France. A complete stranger. uh, Derek Nelson, Principal of Westfield High School in New Jersey, died unexpectedly on Sunday. According to school officials, he suffered complications after his bone marrow donation. Uh, Dr. Rajbans, how risky is this procedure?
1: actually it it's very safe when I was training as specialist we all have to go through and do a lot of procedures before we actually can specialize and bone marrow is one of the things that I used to do so mm-hmm. many years ago but very safe and today I think my hematologists in our hospitals they do almost every day a procedure it's a very safe procedure they use a bit of sedation under local and then they just take uh, you know inject uh, they use a the troca and they take some marrow from you something that 15-20 minutes is over sometimes I do even you know, a biopsy of the bone but uh, I've never never so far the you know, many years I've heard of anyone that's actually dying from a bone marrow biopsy. So what could
0: have been the cause of that? Yeah,
1: probably he has probably had some underlying undiagnosed heart disease or Something else that probably caused, so going through a procedure that probably was a bit of stress for him Mm. and you know, might have got a cardiac event or some uh, you know, cerebrovascular event that suddenly would have just gone and that could have happened even without the procedure, could have just happened. So, I don't think so, it's directly related to bone marrow, but that could have just you know, someone is already prone for something else would have just triggered it off.
0: Okay, so what is the recovery period for a procedure like that? Very
1: fast, you know, people come in for a daycare, they come in the morning, they get it done by lunchtime their home you mm. know they go off so it's a very safe simple procedure under sedation local so there should have been no complications but I think every patient should be assessed for any procedure most of the, time the doctors will do a basic pre-assessment to see whether there's any risk but of course you sometimes can't say yes. you know, you, someone can be very healthy but I don't know underlying how bad the heart exactly. could have or you know, whatever yeah. definitely
0: some sad news yes, out of right, the state that's right so Dr. Rajbans do you have any wise words for us this week
1: nothing I just think that uh, we have to focus again back on our you know wellness and preventive medicine and you know I think that's where uh, recently I've been giving some talks to certain organizations and I find that everybody is interested to stay healthy mm-hmm. you know because healthcare cost is going up it's getting very expensive so the focus should be on you looking more at preventive health and it's very interesting about patients today who come in with gadgets that tell me how much they walked how much uh, their <laughs> sleep patterns are you know how they are blood pressure everything so I like that because when people are monitoring their own health health. That's the first step towards wellness and prevention.
0: Wonderful. So if you've got those gadgets, use them. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Rajavans. Thank you.